Hello, Matt here, and welcome to Yelling at Birds. Thank you very much for being here. It is a regular winter Saturday night. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Tonight, I was fortunate enough to have an interview with Cara Morell out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. She is a poet, a writer, spoken word artist. She's been performing her, her poems uh, live on stage, and she is set to release her first book, Karma Vet, coming out next month. I will have links to her uh, social media, Facebook pages, things like that. Um, also, karma, karmamorelyoga.com. I am so sorry. karmamorelyoga.com. You can pre-order her book now. Um, just had a good time interviewing her. Uh, it was interesting to hear about her uh, reasons for writing the, writing the poetry that she writes, their inspirations, uh, some things that have gone on in her life. Um, just had a really good time. So I hope you enjoy have a great night. I'm I'm wonderful. Nice to finally talk to you. There we go. Good to go check. Check, check. Am I live? I'm going and talking. And yes. That's all working. All right. Well, welcome. Thank you so much. What is happening today? I have been deep cleaning my apartment. Okay. Which is was very needed because I'm not a big cleaner person. Okay. So I'm having a brunch with some of my girlfriends tomorrow and I thought, I don't, they already know that I'm kind of my own being, but I don't want them to think I'm a total slob. So That's I was fair. like, I need to like at least clean the floor. <laughs> at minimum, yeah. That's, yeah. I'm proud of you, you're doing a good job. Thank you. I'm really trying my best to be an adult, and it's hard. Yeah, I know. I know. It just keeps coming, doesn't it? And they don't stop coming, or whatever smash mouth. They were right. They were right all along. I know. <laughs> so I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Kara? Yes. Correct. Okay, perfect. Matt, that's not that hard. Matt, so got it. You got like it. Nailed it. Okay. And uh, is it uh, Morel? Yes, yeah, like the mushroom. Okay, Morel? Perfect. Nice. All right. Well, I'm just going to kind of get into it a little bit because I'm super awkward at, I'm super awkward at interviews. So what better way to do it than to do some interviews? Cool. Yeah. Into it. Perfect. Well, um, I'm going to kind of talk to you and kind of talk to everybody else. Okay. Uh, everybody, I have Cara Morrell here. Um, she has a book coming out next month, Karma Vet, releasing in February, right? Yeah. Perfect. And um, I guess right off the bat, why don't you just kind of tell me uh, a little bit about what inspired you to write that? Well, I've been writing for as long as I could hold a pencil. I didn't realize that I was creating poetry. I thought it was just my ramblings and I thought no one would really ever want to read this or to hear this, this is just for my own sanity situation. Sure. But in June, I kind of had an idea like, oh, maybe I'll just write a manuscript and like, just for my own person, I guess. Sure. And then I happened to like, meet Kelly in this like weird turn of events through my friend and then my book just kind of happened. <laughs> So awesome. I took a lot of the writing that I've been doing for the last like three years in journals 
Sure. I didn't realize it was poetry and kind of made that into what is now my book, Karma Vet. So that's that's great. I mean, yeah. it's just something you just got to do it. Really. I, I never thought I would want to. Actually, a phone psychic once told me that I was going to write a book and I like really, right. I wrote it off like, okay, lady, like, what a waste of $80. It really was a waste of $80. I would <laughs> recommend calling phone psychics, but sometimes when you're poor and you're desperate for answers, you're like, yes, you just a need phone somebody. Psychic sounds like a good idea. Right. Did the phone psychic tell you anything else interesting? Uh, she said I had two spirit guides. One was named like Jefferson and the other's name was Margaret. That's and a pretty solid mix. I know. And then she told me, she was like, oh, your grandma's coming in from the other side and she's shaking a thing of Oreos at you. And I was like, that... Does that mean that, anything? No, it doesn't check out at all. So okay. Fine. I wonder if she was just assuming that, like, you like Oreos and that's going to spark some emotional response. I don't know. I don't know. Oreos are all right. They're not my favorite sweet, but, like, I'll eat some Oreos. I'll right. get down with some. Right. So, um... What got you, so that, that kind of happened. Um, what was kind of the change that made you, um, I have these things that I'm writing that I have to get out of my head. And I saw that you're doing, you know, quite a few events on stage. Yeah. Um, like what kind of, what choice did you make to kind of get you to there? Totally. So last year I walked out on my corporate America regular person job. Okay. I, I kind of decided in that moment, I was like, okay, either I'm going to be like a full-time artist, a stripper, a stand-up comedian, or a poet. Okay. It's like, those are basically, I really wanted to do something where I was like being my full authentic self all the time and also just like really expressing myself and being vulnerable. I didn't okay. actually want to be a stripper, but I thought, you know, they're really doing something quite cool and really putting themselves out there. Maybe I'll still be a stand-up comedian. I've been told I'm funny, but I don't know. Okay. does not compute for me. And I just thought, well, maybe I could be a poet. I've been writing all this shit. Right. Can I swear on here? Absolutely. Oh, okay. I just have to, like, do a disclaimer for my mom, then she just won't watch it. Mom, I said the, the S word. That's kind of about it. That's all right. I swear, too. Okay. Um, so I thought, well, maybe I would you know, try to read some of these poems to people and maybe they would like them or maybe they'll be like, these are fucking hot trash. Sure. And um, it turns out people like them. I guess awesome. when you're being vulnerable on a stage, people are like, huh, that's that's different. Well, it's it's gutsy. I mean, I think, and yeah. then I think everybody, um, I mean, with stand-up and everything too, I think it's just something where people kind of like instantly are like, not like inspired by you a little bit because that's such a, like a huge thing to do is yeah. well vulnerability in general is so huge mm -hmm. and to be able to do that in a crowd of people um it's that's insane yeah it's been um, bizarre and i've never done anything with public speaking before sure i never did theater i like once was in like a like the second grade play about the pilgrims. We wore like paper bags, but like, right. I don't even think I had lines. I think I just stood there. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have no experience doing any of this. I just started reading poetry out loud to people in September. So okay. We really knew, but 
And did, was there somebody that kind of like nudged you along to like, hey, you should just do this on stage or was that kind of you? It was my spirit guides. No, I don't know. Okay, it was, it was Margaret? It was obviously Margaret and Jefferson. The Margaret thing to do. Yeah, so it was like such classic Margaret. Right. You know? So right. no, I just thought, eh, no time like the present. I'm kind of, I don't have a corporate job where I'm like have to be all buttoned up all the time. I thought, well, why not put myself out there and see if people like it? I thought that was like the best way to learn if your writing was gonna connect people was to go speak it to like a bunch of drunk people at a bar. Right, right. Because what's more authentic than that? The yeah. the drunk self. No, absolutely. Um, let's see. So that's coming out. That's pretty, that's awesome. Like what was the, was it just a feeling of not being authentic that kind of led you to make that change? Like go from corporate to everything you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, I felt for a long time, I felt like I was a triangle being shoved into like a circle hole. And it just was like, I can't, I don't fit into this. And I keep, I kept like trying. Cause I was like, I know adults and people are supposed to go to corporate jobs and like do these things and make all this money and right. that's what make you happy and I was like doing the things and I was like I'm not happy I feel like a lost puppy this is not what I want right so I have always kind of been like I would love to be an artist but I can't actually do that you have to pay your bills and do things like that but I just kind of said fuck it and okay. I just jumped in so I do have a regular day job but it's I don't have to be in an office and it's very sure, cool, sure. So. you have a little more freedom to do kind of the things you want to do um okay. awesome and have you have you felt like since you've been doing this have you felt um like a different level of I mean do you get happiness out of it do you get fulfillment out of it um what is it that kind of what does this make you feel honestly it's I feel really fulfilled I feel really happy but also I feel like it's the most healing I've done I have a lot of you read in some of the poems there's a lot of yeah. trauma and a lot of negative rough things that have gone on in my life also some really wonderful things too you know good and bad right right but I feel like being able to speak those truths to strangers and like a lot of people has been way more healing than any therapy I've ever done. It's like, I just feel like a weight just gets lifted off my shoulders when I'm able to be like, this is what happened. Right. I'm gonna say these things that we're told like, oh, you don't say that out in public anyway. And you certainly don't <laughs> say those type of things on a stage, you know? <laughs> well, maybe that's where like the, the, the drunk people in the crowd kind of help because there's a little less of that like judgment and a little sure um, you can say a little bit more um well then let's like speaking of your poem so i guess one thing when i'm when i'm reading through like a book or a poetry book or anything occasionally you know i get that feeling when i'm reading certain passages that like there's more in this one mm -hmm. um and i know that there's a few there's a few like one-liners that you have that like even in one line there's there's a lot there yeah. Um, but for some for some reason, and I might be wrong, um, but uh, another bummer. Yeah. That one. For some reason, when I was reading down, I got on that one. I kind of stuck there for a little bit because it seemed like it was 
um, it seemed like there was a little more in that one and that um, it kind of like, there was like a flow to it. There was kind of like, it was more concentrated. Yeah. Uh, is that, can you tell me about that one? That poem is heavy. I mean, at, when I was writing it, I was really in a rough place. I'm just going to look at it again. I Sure. I yeah. remember it, but I just want to make sure I'm getting all of the lines. One second. No, I'm totally the same way too. Like once I get something out, it's kind of out. And I don't, yeah. I'm not going to remember. Uh, when I record an episode, probably a couple of days later, I don't, I'm probably not going to remember what I just said. Yeah. it's gone. And oh, that's the point of it. This is, yes. Okay. Where'd we go? Sorry, hold please. I lost. I have it on page 12. I, I found it, but I lost <laughs> our screen and I'm like, where oh, sure. did it go? On my computer, it's a personal problem. That's all right. Hold on. Oh wait, there it is. Jeez, there we go. Okay, now. <laughs> Yeah, ooh, my mom won't ever listen to this, but <laughs> she's just that way, but not the most pleasant childhood with either of my parents. And this one really touches on that tumultuous, tumultuous, tumultuous relationship I had with my mom. Okay. And you know, even still, it's like, when I say, can you see me now, now that I'm gone? It's like, right. she still can't see me for who I am. She doesn't understand me, you know, what I'm doing with my, this poetry and this book. And it's just like, we have such a disconnect and right. it's sad. But I also see so much of her in me, which in some ways is really cool, but in other ways completely terrifies me and bums me out, thus another bummer. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And it, the old, this is just water, but <laughs> this time, but it's the old, you know, floral coffee mug. Sure. <laughs> kind of a theme throughout the book, so. Hiding, hiding booze, and when I was a teenager, finding like coffee mugs, just like half drinking with vodka and booze, and being like, "What the fuck is right. this?" Yeah, yeah. So learning from a young age, like, oh, that's a thing people use to cope with their problems during mm -hmm. the daytime. Right. Not, not the most healthy way, but something, something I learned growing up. How have you, so you say like, she still doesn't see you now in doing what, what you're doing. Do you feel like, um, has your attitude towards like those past relationships, how they were, has your attitude changed at all by just releasing some of this stuff? Yeah, I think it, it's changed in that I feel like we're all struggling. Everyone's like on this journey of healing and growth and trying right. to like learn about ourselves and heal. And people fuck up and people 
can do really awful things to you, it doesn't mean you have to like forgive them and open your arms and be like, you know, kumbaya with me and like right. come my part in my life. But like for me, healing is just like this internal thing where it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to forget those things that happened because they were traumatic and awful and, you know, but I'm also going to move forward with my life and understand that these are people that are flawed and that are challenged and hurt and damaged and have had painful experiences that shape them to then treat other people that way. But I also just don't need, I don't need the drama in my life. (laughs) Right. I'm moving forward. I'm like, I'm on an upward trajectory. So. No, absolutely. And sometimes that that's so, um, this whole thing, like what I'm doing, this kind of just was the same thing. Like I have, you know, years and years of journaling and writing and things like that. And I'd have all these conversations with myself that would just end up in a notebook or end up on a computer that I just wanted to start having them here. Um, And now since I've been, so lately it's been kind of a little like more recovery focused, mm-hmm. um, which I think applies to everybody because yeah. of what you said, you know, we're all struggling with certain things and maybe it's not, maybe it's not a, a drink or a drugs or anything like that. It's just other general life things. Um, and a big part of that is um, that one thing that you're struggling with, that's not really the problem. It's or the, your, your coping mechanism or your escape but it's the reason for that. It's the yeah. reason for the coping mechanism. Um, so, you know, some, some people will, you know, hide drinks and coffee mugs. Yeah. Some people choose to start expressing themselves like you did or like you are. Yeah, totally. I think we're all on this like journey of healing, like I said, and you know, the book itself is called karma that, and mm-hmm. I, so my past life job, um, I was a social worker. Okay. And I worked with people who had all varying degrees of mental illness, but there was this one gentleman in particular who I worked with who had some of the, one of the worst cases of schizophrenia I had ever worked with. And he, he was really struggling with that. And his coping mechanism was to do a bunch of meth and crack. And it, it was a really sad situation. So I went over to his place one time for a house visit. I swear this story has a point also. Um, <laughs> and his place was like a wreck. Like he was sleeping on the floor, like, and it was just like trash everywhere. And he was like smoking, like chain smoking and throwing the lit cigarettes into this like pile of like really flammable stuff. And I was just like, okay. yikes. But on the ground, there was like this cardboard sign. It said Karma Vet. And I just started being like, huh that's interesting. And it just like yeah. really stuck with me. And I said, tell me, tell me what's up with that. I'm like very curious what, what this is. He goes, Oh, you know, I'm a veteran of karma. Like I never went to the war, but like my life has been a war and now like the good karma is coming for me. And he's like, I go outside and I just hold the sign up. Okay. And I, at that moment I was like, I kind of relate to this guy. I mean, our yeah. journey have been very different, but think we're all kind of on a similar journey and you know like him I've had some very low points where I could have been you know bunking next to him right and so I did kind of I took the book from I took the book title from 
this guy's sign. I'll admit it. <laughs> okay. No. Inspiration comes from everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's you got to the point. Um so how I just lost my train of thought. Now I'm thinking about this guy in a sign. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah, they say you're you're never you're never a couple of good months away from being a millionaire, but you're always a couple of good bad months from being on the street. Yeah, truly. Um and it's to be able to recognize that and kind of understand that. Um, so I'm sure you saw a lot of that in your, in your past career. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other, um, as far as what you have kind of in, in your book, um, is there any, do you have like a favorite passage or one that just kind of like is the most important to you? Oh, I mean, I love the whole, the collection as a whole, like it's, it's real good to me. Of course, I'm, you know, jaded and one-sided, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. My, one of my favorite probably is the first poem, Little Me, is, it's a bummer. It's a doozy. Um, I wrote it in May when I was having, like, one of the worst days that you could have. I had, like, sure. I moved and I spent all my money to get this fabulous wood paneled apartment that you see <laughs> behind me. Beautiful. And I was completely broke. I walked outside cause I needed to go run and get groceries and my car had gotten towed. Okay. And I was going to be like, because of a bunch of unpaid parking tickets, which totaled like 400 to $500. <sighs> and then like the impound lot fee was $200. And I was like, I have no money. And I was just like, it was one of those moments where it was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And right. so I wrote Little Me, which is about being on the brink of having a nervous breakdown. And um, I think that one just really, it gets me. And then the last line is like, I can't read the signs because I drew the fool. I painted the fool. I wrote the fool. I sang the fool. I am the fool. And... I just love that line. I, I mm -hmm. sometimes do tarot cards and I take them with a very huge grain of salt. But for my 2019, I pulled the fool as my card for the year. Interesting. And I, you know, the fool is supposed to be on this like journey and they, they do a lot of foolish things, but eventually they, you know, grow up and get out of it. And I feel yeah. like last year I was the fool for a lot, in a lot of ways. I made some poor choices and I ended up like not in the best circumstances but I also like did this beautiful thing where I like created this book out of nothing and right. some of the worst months of my life I was like able to make this beautiful piece of art that will be able to like you know hopefully at least a couple people will find some merit out of it um absolutely but yeah I just that first poem just it gets me <laughs> That one's you. Yeah. That's I mean, the most, it's like autobiographical, that one. Yeah. I mean, they really, they all are, but that one in particular, mm -hmm. just like it hits hard for me. So. Sure. Okay. Um, so do you have a, do you have, do you have a release date? I do not have a specific release okay. date yet, but February, it should be out. 
and okay. it will be available in Wisconsin. So, Perfect. That's yeah. where I am. <laughs> Should be available Pearl Street Books for sure if you're in Lacrosse, and then I'll be coming out to Lacrosse. Nice. To do a couple readings. So. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's actually right down the street. Awesome. I and love Lacrosse. That's where I ran into Kelly. Yeah. And she's been good, a good supporter. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. She's awesome. And it was all very serendipitous meeting her. And I thought it would be so much harder to write a book. But when you have people that actually believe in you and think that what you're doing is worthwhile, it's like, oh, yes, this is not so bad. Well, it's validating in a way for you, too. Totally. I, I mean, I really didn't think anyone would want to hear this or, you know, resonate with it. And I'm, I'm thrilled that it's doing that. So. Yeah. And I think that's the, the interesting thing is, um, like sharing your vulner vulnerability, like sharing your, um, insecurities, your everything. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, interesting to see like how many people around you will start to kind of resonate with what you're saying because they have the same things too, but maybe they just haven't gotten to a place where they feel comfortable sharing it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the poems I talk about my struggle with PTSD and anxiety, Yeah, which I feel like I'm always on a journey of recovery from, from those particular things. And there is something so validating and freeing to be able to go up on a stage and talk about like rape and yeah. abuse and, and words that we're told are like really taboo. Like, Ooh, sure. we don't talk about those things and, and you don't loudly get up on a stage and recite poetry that talks about those kinds of things. At least that was, you know, I was like, Ooh, I don't know, but I was, I just went for it. And right. I find that people are most connected when I'm sharing that kind of thing. I think people are really wanting that vulnerability and we all have trauma. And I think that talking about it and being open is like, people are craving that. Cause they're like, Oh, you're like me. You're, you have, you have stuff going on too. Okay. I can like let my guard down and just breathe for a second. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about, about the PTSD? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a really abusive household, physically, uh, emotionally, mentally. It was just, my childhood was was rough. So I have, starting from when I was like a young, young teen, I have PTSD from really extreme moments of physical abuse in my family. And then when I got older, I had, Unfortunately, I was, you know, like a lot of women, I experienced sexual assault, rape a couple times, and that that changed my whole view of existence and where I fit in with the universe. And I went from being someone who was like really carefree and, you know, just flying through life like a magical fairy. And I still think I, I kept a lot of that, but. Right. Now it's like, okay, you gotta look behind your back and do all these things to make sure you're safe. And it, it's, it's really hard. I have a kind of PTSD that's called complex or chronic PTSD. So people who experience multiple uh, abuses or 
like situations that kind of go on for a long time develop a certain type of PTSD. So I have more extreme reactions to things like certain lights or sounds or things just like can really put me off. And, um, I like, will just run out of a situation when it's sometimes not appropriate to do. (laughs) So, um, that's kind of one of the symptoms of it, but truly being able to change my job environment and you know now I work from home all the time which is like super helpful for me because I don't do well in bright light office spaces with a bunch of people like coming up behind me and being like what are you doing sure sure um that's really helped me being able to share with other people it feels extremely good and validating especially like a lot of you know I know it happens to everybody but a lot of women have come up to me after I I share about my my rape experiences and are like you know thank you for just saying the word right thank you know thank you for saying that out loud and that feels really really cool because for a long time I did not want to talk about it I resented the me too movement and I was like absolutely not I don't want to talk about that. I certainly don't want to put that on the internet. And right. now I'm just like, here it is, you know, here, I'll put on my Facebook, I'll put a whole video about, you know, a, a poem of me talking about that. And I'm just like, I don't really care. Sure. It happened. It's part of my experience. And if it makes you uncomfortable, that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, and when, when other women come and talk to you about, the about I mean maybe being raped or uh, sexual assault um, or being sexually abused I guess um, I guess well the the shitty thing to think about about this whole thing aside from the action actually happening is everything you hear about you know how can you protect yourself how can you and there you know very little about you know tips on tips for guys on how not to rape someone yeah uh, which is yeah. like fucking ridiculous oh totally um what what are some things that you would say to other women that come up to you as far as like how have you you been able to kind of move forward and get on with a semi-normal life god it's it's really hard and like i i don't know if my life will ever be how it was before that because it really I mean my whole sense of safety was changed not once but a couple times and it's like I wish that on no one and unfortunately it's way too common um you know for me having a good support system having really good friends helped um therapy (laughs) like Mm-hmm. bless my therapist I have a great therapist who I've been seeing since I was 18 and she knows all my shit and I mean get yourself to therapy everyone I think everyone should be in therapy yeah. uh, I am a big I'm a yoga teacher as a side thing so doing yoga whether that's like at home or just like in a small group has been really helpful for me mm-hmm. and then I just sit down in the dark on the floor and I just like don't have any music on and I just shut up <laughs> and, like doing that and I don't call it meditation or whatever I just like to be on the floor I'll lay down I'll sit but like being quiet with myself 
it's like, it's the best. There is a lot of healing that can come from giving yourself that space and that time just to be quiet and to decompress is humans were always like on screens on phones doing this doing that in cars cars are like such a stressful thing to me like we're all like honking and driving these like thousand pound thing it's sure. like yikes and lights and ooh. but so just having that time and that space to just give to yourself also like i know it's a cliche thing but like self-care like i'm all about like taking mm -hmm. a hot bath or like a hot shower and just like having that time also dancing there you go. I love to have a solo dance party in the kitchen. Just turn on the music and you just get down. I like. I think shaking your body can sometimes get rid of weird stuff you might be holding on to. Okay. That's. Give it a try. I will. I have dance. to shake a little. I don't shake a whole lot, but I can probably shake a little bit more. Try shaking a little. <laughs> I'll do it. And journaling, that's the other one, journaling. I'm a Absolutely. big journaler, I'm a big journaler. 99% of the poems come from my journaling. I do stream of consciousness journaling. I do three pages every day, at minimum. Okay. In the morning, I try to write three pages. It doesn't matter if I'm writing the you word just fuck. Go. Yeah, if I, it doesn't matter if I'm writing fuck, 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 you know, all three pages. I just need to be mm. writing. So three pages every day or whatever your number wants to be sure. journaling every sure. day. Awesome. Yeah. Say awesome a lot. I don't know what to. It is awesome. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> kind of, that's, that's the whole point. And I think that, um, kind of you, what's really like inspiring and brave. I mean, is, is you being willing to talk about that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's whether it's in, you know, the form of your poetry or your journaling, because I think that, um, I hope, like my hope in, in doing things like this is that it, um, it gives permission to other people to do the same thing, yeah. to do what they need to do, to make connections with other people that have kind of gone through the same thing or, um, connect with art or connect with, um, cause really at the end of the day, like we're all going to end up on it. We're all going to end up in the same place. Mm -hmm. And one of the big parts of um, what I try to do and with this podcast, with everything is um, just to allow people to let themselves live a better life. Yeah. And it does. And that's not going to come with, you know, being cooler or being right all the time or being whatever um, or being successful monetarily, but, you know, fulfill yourself with yeah. what you have to do. And I appreciate like you putting yourself out there and doing that Thank for you. yourself. Thank you. That's I feel like everyone should create things, even if they're bad, even if they're ugly, think even especially if, if they're bad. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> do it. it's like, do it. Why not? Right. I, I thought I'll just read these poems out loud and people might absolutely hate them and I don't really care. It's it's the act of creating it and then it's sharing it. Right. And I think that even if you're making the ugliest paintings or you're writing the worst novel, it's like, just make it. Just do the thing. Absolutely. And that's a year ago you didn't have a book. I didn't have a book. And, and I was miserable and I was literally sleeping on my mom's guest room floor on 
my um, yoga mat. Okay. So, I mean, your life can change and it's like what you thought was like impossible and unachievable because you were depressed and sleeping on the floor. You're like, oh, look, life's not so bad. Right. But it just kind of takes the action to do those things. Yeah, you just got to keep getting up and doing the thing. And it's like little steps because sometimes I'll be like, I'll try to look at the whole picture. And I'm like, oh no, this is so overwhelming. But it's like, okay, if I just like, I just do today. Right. That's it. I'm not thinking about yesterday and I'm not thinking about tomorrow. It's today. So, so looking back, like you right now, looking back on you sleeping on your mom's guest room floor on the yoga mat, how fucking happy right now are you looking back that you've made these choices and you're sitting where you are right now? Extreme. I mean, extremely fucking happy. I, it's, it's wild how different a year of time makes. I mean, I even think about like a year before that and where I was at and it's like, you know, I'm, I have ups and downs like every human being and especially in the winter, just, you know, Midwestern winter is a hard, (laughs) right. It's dark and it's cold. And I personally, I'm not a big fan of it. So, but no, I just, yeah, I'm really grateful and happy and I'm thrilled to be doing something that I'm passionate about. And that makes me feel really, really good. Perfect. Yeah. So in the last, uh, last couple minutes here. Yeah. Um, why don't you, I guess I didn't have you read anything. Oh, so I want to plug. So I want you to last last few things. If you could read a, if you'd like to read an entry for us, read a poem for us, um, and then just kind of plug some of the things that you have coming up. Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm just finding this is what. So I know you're talking about PTSD and anxiety and all things like that. So I'm gonna read this poem called Teeth. And yeah, so this is from the book. I don't know how to slow the roll because the highs are so high and the lows are so low. And I've fallen in love with the idea of the self-imploding artist so many times that maybe it's manifestation or maybe it's Maybelline or PTSD or anxiety or that my mom told me not to smile with crooked teeth or that everyone I've ever loved always seems to leave me. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate that. And well, tell me a little bit about a little bit about that one. More fun about my childhood. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and my mental health. I mean, really, because I'm I'm say, I'm starting out by saying I don't know how to slow the roll. The highs are so high and the lows right. are so low. I mean, I have a mental health that just is a fun roller coaster often and Mm -hmm. i really high highs but that means i get really low lows that are exhausting at times but it's also just kind of how my life has been and then i say i've fallen in love with the idea of the self-imploding artist and i'm talking about myself um (laughs) that i've often felt like i needed to be in chaos or you know, mm-hmm. have this really unstable existence to be creative. And sure. 
it actually is not the case. You can be a very creative person and be in bed at 10 o'clock and that is fine. And you don't have to be, you know, going out and being on some invisible imaginary scene right. to be a creative person. That's, that's made up. That's a romanticized thing mm -hmm. that we've created that it's like, oh, we need to be like, you know, yeah, drunk I was the drunken writer for yeah, yeah, and it's like we don't and need didn't get a lot of work done. No, it's like, and we don't need to do that. <laughs> right. Um. So you know, then I go on to say that like maybe it's manifestation, which is just kind of an homage to my yoga um, situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Maybelline, you know, the music or the music, the makeup industry, <laughs> and how it just loves to push it on women. And then PTSD or anxiety, you know, maybe it's those things that are making me, you know, have these manic mood swings. Or maybe it's the fact that I had, you know, a mother who told me, you know, to always smile with my mouth shut because I used to have buck teeth and kind of a crooked hmm. teeth situation. And she thought it would make our family pictures unattractive if I smiled with my, with my mouth open. Um, always with you. Oh, I mean, my mom used to, I don't know if it's in any of the poems, but my mom used to give me Slim Fast when I was like a kid in my lunchbox. And it, it triggered me to start kind of on the same edge of my mental health stuff. I had an eating disorder for like 10 years. And I'm not sure if there's any poems in this book, but definitely in the second book. Okay. Oh, shout out to my second book. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert, there's more coming for me. Perfect. Um, yeah, but I, I struggled with anorexia and bulimia for over a decade. And that kind of all started from how my childhood went. And, sure. you know, my parents kind of telling me that I wasn't fitting into this ideal, even though I was a perfectly fine looking child. But it that messed me up. So, um, or that my mom told me not to smell crooked teeth. Or that everyone I've ever loved always seems to leave me paying homage to my abandonment issues that I've had to really work on with a therapist. Sure. Um, so, Teeth, it's a good poem. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. So, yeah, there seems that that's a, there's a lot in there. Oh, yeah. But these are all, I mean, do you, do you feel like these are all things that um, through therapy, through expressing yourself, that you're kind of you're kind of in control absolutely no. I, i've i have eight years of freedom i guess from my eating disorder which i think is huge well, congratulations thank you it's awesome so i celebrated eight years in september and okay. um i feel really good about who i am for the first time in a long time i was like look in the mirror and be like you are a beautiful woman <laughs> like yeah. just Em you know embrace yourself because for so long I was just like fighting with my reflection and fighting with my body and now it's just like no 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 that's nonsense like you are beautiful it, however you are it doesn't right. matter the size it, it's what's in your heart and I'm like I have a lovely heart I think and I you know I just need to keep reminding myself that that it's all good because those words do stick with you but they're not true. Right. So I guess if people are struggling with that, you know, just know that like help is out there. I, I was scared for a long time, especially like eating and body stuff. It's like very, 
it's a private thing, but there's definitely like resources out there. So like, I would certainly encourage people to like go on the internet and like get help. Right. It's, it's a devastating problem that a lot of people suffer and they suffer alone with it. So please, please get help if you struggle with eating stuff. Right. That's the biggest thing. Don't, don't fucking suffer alone. No, no. No reason to. No. So I forgot to ask, tell me about, uh, what do you think about Gordon Ramsay? I have a (laughs) huge crush on Gordon Ramsay. Mm. Everybody knows it. Who doesn't? Maybe you saw my poem, but I posted a poem about my crush on Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, he is handsome and I love him. (laughs) It's hard not to love, honestly. He's great. He's British. He's like kind of angry, but he is also like has a soft heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, See, I just light up thinking about Gordon Ramsay. Mm -hmm. My muse. A strong strong man with a soft heart. He does. And he loves food and eating and he's just like cool. Gordon, call me. <laughs> He's probably happily married, but Gordon, I, I think I think he has some children, but you never know. I mean, you never know. Life is life. Things <laughs> things tend to work out. And collaborate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what do you have? Um, you have the book coming up next month. You have yes. anything? Um, any performances coming up? Yes. So, people that are in Minneapolis, I have a showcase on Tuesday. The 11th i want to say but let me double check all right yes tuesday the 11th nine o'clock at the chatterbox in south minneapolis then wednesday february 12th i am the headliner at a literary event called air at honey which is a really cool bar in northeast minneapolis uh, Friday, February 28th, I am performing at a very cool art space called Rogue Buddha in Northeast Minneapolis. And then looking ahead to June, I am the one of the guests of honor for uh, Minnesota Poetry Month through the Minnesota Association for Poets. Um, and that's like Wednesday... June 17th so yeah got a couple things in the docket I'm also recording an album of poetry mixed with some very very funky singers and um some guitar and that will be dropping in a couple months so awesome yeah lots going on right now yeah that's gotta feel good though it feels awesome oh in March I'll be Coming to Milwaukee, too. Okay. For those Wisconsin people, and hopefully coming back to lacrosse, because I do love lacrosse. <laughs> well, perfect. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, yeah, when, when the release date, I'd love to hear, hear when you get a, get a release date for, the, for okay. Karma Vet. Um, happy to promote it. Happy to, um, well, I'm obviously going to buy a copy. I look forward to it. Number one. Um, yeah, any, uh, before we take off, I guess any last, last words, anything that you'd like, like us to know? Oh yeah. You can follow me on the internet. If you, if people want to, I have an Instagram, it's karma.vet. 
V-E-T, like a veteran of war. And then I have a Facebook. It's just Cara Morell Poetry. And I'm also on Twitter at morell Cara. And I have like 10 followers. So people want to follow me Perfect. on Twitter. I'm kind of funny and I like don't really know how to tweet, but I'm trying to tweet more. And my final thoughts to you all are just like, do the things that make you happy. Even if other people think what you're doing is weird, or if other people don't understand it, doesn't matter. Do the things that make you happy and your, your whole perspective on life will change. I 100% agree. So thank you very much, Cara. It was very nice talking to you. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll be sure to post some links and pump up the book and your events. Um, look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matthew. Absolutely. Have a great night. Bye. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all being here all day, every day. If you feel like supporting, I have my Patreon page, Yelling at Birds, live now. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Yelling at Birds podcast, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Matthew Tukwa YouTube page. I load these onto, my fa onto Facebook every time I record. Uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, reach out to me over Facebook if there's anything in particular you'd like to hear or anything you're struggling with. Um, happy to provide any resources I have. Uh, every once in a while, you know, I have to remind you I'm not. I am not a licensed counselor. Um, I have just made some uh, a great deal of questionable decisions, and I've learned from them, or I'm trying to learn from them. So I appreciate you being here with me while I do that. Uh, and happy to support you and help you in any way that I can. Otherwise, thank you again to Cara Morell. I really appreciated speaking to you. Um, everyone, her book, Karma Vet, is coming out next month. You can pre-order it at karamorellyoga.com. That's karamorellyoga.com. I put some links down in the description of the podcast. But until next time, stay cool, birds. Bye. Bye.